The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh... Feels like I haven't recorded one of these in a while. Uh, I've been out of town for a couple of weeks. I went to the UK. Uh, I went to New Orleans for uh, all for wrestling stuff. You know, WrestleMania and all the other uh, ancillary stuff that went along with that. It was cool. You know, I got to meet up with some of my international friends that I met last year uh, in the UK. I was hanging out with uh, Alex Wilkins, body piercer down at Guru Body Piercing. And I think I'm going to try to get Alex on a show so we can kind of maybe talk a little bit more about uh, the UK perspective and, and what's going on with that market. As far as my guest this week, uh, that's Georgina Chevelli from Black Diamond in Connecticut. Uh, Georgina has uh, just a really cool story. You know, I was really happy to, to get an interview recorded with her. Uh, she started out in the typical kind of tattoo shop, you know, very male dominated and wasn't really comfortable with the work environment. So she went off on her own, um, opened uh, pretty much like an, an all female staff studio in Connecticut uh, about 10 years ago. And, you know, it's just really cool to hear about her success and, you know, how it was earned through hard work, you know, and it wasn't just luck and uh, right place, right time. Like, you know, she created the market and she, she created uh, something pretty special with that studio. So it's really cool talking with Georgina about that. Uh, some updates on my classes. They're all going awesome. You know, uh, the Chicago class is, is really filling up really strong. Um, San Francisco is just behind it. And uh, the Boston convention, uh, you know, that that's even going really good too. You know, uh, that's usually my least attended class of the year because it's at a tattoo convention. Uh, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of hubbub. And usually I can only do about an hour and a half or two hour class just based on the, the schedule because uh, I'm piercing there too. So, you know, it's not an easy weekend to do a class, uh, not an easy environment for people to take a class, but, you know, I think it's going to work out really good this year. You know, I've got uh, strong signups for it, and a lot of people are just getting excited for uh, opportunities at, at education outside of the APP conference. So, you know, I'm really happy that they choose to come to my classes, and I'm really happy to be able to, to offer something that, that kind of helps people out. Uh, at my, my next couple of seminars, I'm going to be debuting uh, an exclusive t-shirt I'll be selling, uh, Defend Piercing, kind of in that uh, Defend Brooklyn kind of idea of, of like the AK-47 shirt, but instead it's a piercing gun crossed out. So you can check those out online, on social media, on my website, all that stuff. Um, for now, I'm just going to be selling them at the seminars, uh, but you know, I've been getting a pretty good response from them on, on social media. So you know, maybe if they go good, I'll, I'll do another print and I'll just put them on, uh, on my, my online store. So that's uh, enough of me yammering. Let's get into this week's interview with Georgina from Black Diamond. Uh, so hi, I'm Georgina Chevelli. I own Black Diamond Body Piercing in West Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, our website is www.blackdiamondbodypiercing.com. And you can find us on Instagram uh, at Black Diamond CT or Facebook at Black Diamond CT. Cool. How, uh, how long have you been in business? Uh, Black Diamond has been in business almost 10 years, and I've been a body piercer for almost 21 Awesome. So uh, Black Diamond, I, I would say, is a, a little bit on the unique side in New England, at least, because it's it's primarily uh, female staff members. It, w was that an intentional thing or was that just coincidentally those were the, the best people for the job? 
Well, I think at, in the beginning, it was definitely a little bit intentional. Uh, I, you know, started piercing in the 90s, which as most people that have been in the industry, even close to that long, know it was very male dominated back then. Yeah. Um, and specifically the area that I am in was I was literally the only woman that worked in any tattoo shop anywhere around here. Um, and it sort of became a big reason that people sought me out because back then there was, you know, definitely a lot less professionalism, I think, in, in a lot of ways in this industry. And um, th- a big problem in this particular area was tattoo artists slash piercers who really didn't know much and kind of just went on the whole, you know, very old school mentality of how to treat people. And um, because I was definitely different than that, it kind of got me a pretty big following. And I got kind of wanted to, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted my own shop, because I just saw a need for something that just wasn't anywhere around here. And that sort of, a lot of that was the female thing. So um, that was definitely the mentality going into it. And when Brooke, uh, Brooke Bittens, my my first apprentice here, when she started with me, um, I was still very early on in the shop. uh, I was open for about two years when I started her apprenticeship. And it was still that kind of vibe. So, um, Still at that point, I think I was pretty dead set on it. But, you know, nowadays I feel like the climate has changed a lot and the industry has changed a lot and the area has definitely changed a lot. So um, it doesn't really seem as important to me anymore to, to keep that going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the uh, the initial want for it was was very was, uh, you know, really important for the area, for the clients that I have and just for my my own health and well-being at yeah. the time. Well, I, I feel like you were kind of ahead of the curve because now people people in this generation of the industry are starting to realize that um, we're, we're driven by female interest you know and and yeah. I, I'd imagine for for your business you're you're probably heavily skewed towards female clientele uh, as am I you know I'd say my my clientele is 90 to 95 percent female you know so one of the big things that I had to kind of learn was what kind of environment do you want to create to, to make the, the clientele that's actually walking through your door comfortable, you know? And I, I think that, you know, part of it is shop layout and color choice and, and things like that and music and stuff. But I think a big part of it too is, is staffing, you know? So I think you were really ahead of the curve to offer something uh, that was like progressive and, and really paid attention to who wanted to get pierced, you know, and, and who was kind of seeking out that, that service professionally, because I, I, I do feel like a lot of, a lot of women, uh, regardless of, of age or orientation or anything, don't really get uh, great service when they go into like a tattoo shop looking for a piercing. Oh, yeah. Not to say Absolutely. that there aren't amazing tattoo shops. You know, like Visions is, is one, which is a, a great shop that has like strong female leadership in it. But a lot of them, it's just, you know, women are the afterthought, just like body piercing is the afterthought. Exactly. And that's, um, you know, being, I was... I was one woman, nine tattoo artists, and then we had a female manager, but I was basically the other manager because, as you know, a lot of times the piercer has a little more free time than the tattoo artist, so you end up doing half of their job for them. Right. So I got to talk to their clients, too, and that was a constant issue, and women were always so uncomfortable in the place I used to work. And, you know, being a woman, they would tell me that, and they would obviously not say that to the tattoo artists that own the shop. They would say it to me in the waiting room, like, oh, God, this is really scary, and there's a lot of flames on the walls, and oh, my God, everyone here's a biker, and it was just like, they were just like so out of their element that it was like almost uh, setting them up for like a different experience than they wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, I think I think that um, 
being a woman, it was really easy to recognize the need for it. And I see why um, it probably, you know, didn't catch on quite so quickly otherwise around here as far as because there really aren't any other female owners down here. See, one thing that I've always found interesting is uh, tattooers have this uh, – Jesse V refers to it as like tat law. You know, like they have all oh, these yeah. different things and, and their own set of like ethics really that, that kind of go into it with tattooing. And it's very much this mentality of like, you know, we're, we're tattooers. We tattoo this certain way. You know, we express ourselves in this certain way. And then they kind of just – you know, they, they look at stuff like body piercing. They look at stuff like certain kinds of their clientele that are walking through the door as like, well, that's not really who I'm catering to. I'm, I'm basically catering to myself and people that are very similar to myself. And it, right. And they'll they'll add on uh, a, a body piercer that doesn't really know what they're doing or they'll add on staff that, that doesn't really, you know, re- reflect what the, the clientele wants. But then if, if you turn around in the same way, and you tried to run a piercing studio and you said, well, I'm a body piercer, but I'm just going to like, I'll just like, I'll do a tattoo in between piercing clients because who cares? It's just adding on a tattoo. Like they would freak out. Like tattooers would freak out. Absolutely. And, and the fact that they don't give that like reciprocal uh, trust and, and respect to, to body piercing is, is crazy to me sometimes. And especially the clientele, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think a big part of that is like so many tattoo artists have that like my name, you know, my job title has the word artist in it. Yeah. And they don't consider us artists. Mm-hmm. And it, it's completely art. It's just a completely different type of art. It's like comparing somebody who does portrait tattoos to somebody who does American traditional. They're nothing alike at yeah. all. And I think, you know, a lot of tattoo artists just sort of like take on that old school mentality because that's a tattoo apprenticeship too. Like you end up just submerging yourself in this specific culture that's been around for so long. And part of that culture is to shame the shit out of body piercers. <laughs> we're, we're just the shit, you know, we're just yeah. the, the sideshow. We're just here to get clients in the door. We're we the get leftovers kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, um, you know, for, for almost 11 years, that was literally said to me almost verbatim, you know, don't forget you have a job because we have clients, not because you are anything kind mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of people that would probably crush their dreams, but I am who I am. And that just fueled my hate fire. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to show you then. And I'm going to open up a shop down the street and I'm going to put your ass at a piercing business. And that's what exactly happened. Well, that's, um, that's good, you know, and, and, yeah, and it's, now it's great. <laughs> it's yeah. great now. But it's, you know, it's sad that it had to get to the point. Like, I probably would have worked with them forever because yeah. I'm not a vindictive person. I'm not a, you know, I never woke up one day and was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to risk my entire life savings and open this crazy business and see if it works. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to pierce, you know, I just wanted to work a place to work that didn't suck and there wasn't one. <laughs> I think that's the motivation of, of some of the best, the best businesses, you know. I, I remember having a, not really quite as like a, you know, vindictive kind of, uh, conversation that, that you might have had but you know I remember trying to work for this this one other studio owner and we were just kind of bumping heads on on certain things and we couldn't even really negotiate to the point where I I would uh, accept the, their compensation package that they were offering you know and then he just kind of laid it out he's like well you know if you want it that way why don't you just open your own shop and I was like hmm open my own <laughs> shop yeah good idea yeah it's, uh, I think, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm sure he said that to you and like, yeah, see what you can do. And like, it's, it's, it's almost like a, 
a dig at you. You know what I mean? Because that, that's definitely was said to me. Hey, why don't you get your own place? And I was like, maybe I will, asshole. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I will. Well, maybe and, I just will. And now you look at some like really successful studios that are piercer driven. You know, for, for a long time, I'd say up until maybe five years ago, the, the business model was a tattooer owns the shop. They add in however many tattooists they, they, they feel like, and then maybe they'll add one or two body piercers. But it was very tattoo shop that had piercing. And now I think we're starting to see the opposite, where we have this whole generation of studios that are either body piercing exclu- exclusive studios or body art studios that are run by a piercer. And you know maybe they'll also have tattooing. And that totally changes the dynamic of it because they, you know, they might put a little bit more emphasis on the environment and the personalities that are in there and, and being a little bit more welcoming to a, a wider variety of, of clientele. You know, you look at shops like uh, St. Sabrina's or uh, 23rd Street or, or Tricks or Piercing Emporium or, or shops like that where they, they're, they're trying to pay a little bit more attention to everybody instead of just making it, you know, one person's kind of like art fantasy uh Peter Pan, I don't have to grow up kind of thing. Right. And Which making is it a business. Exa- that's like a perfect description of 1990s tattoo shops. It right. was like a giant playground for, for <laughs> tattoo artists who just wanted to be 19-year-olds forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, Sally at 29 years old who wants a, a nice little diamond in her nose does not want to hang out with you in your biker den. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just glad that I I learned that, you know, through through yeah. noticing the hard work of a lot of other people, you know, yourself included, that they were kind of they were offering something that was different and forward thinking, and now, you know, I, I think when when newer piercers are coming into it, uh, I, I'm sure there are still some that have to go through the grind of like working their way up through a tattoo shop to to get somewhere, but I think now, so many more people have the opportunity to work in studios where they really just respect. Uh, all the individuals that are working there, their individual talents and, and abilities and things like that. And I, I, just think, I, I think it's great for, you know, not just females, not just female clientele, not just this or that, but everybody. I mean, everybody is, is succeeding by seeing people as equal and, and seeing the opportunities that you can give someone. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like you said, the last five, five six years, it's really become a, a, a much bigger kind of not phenomenon that's the wrong word but like i guess a standard and it's it's not even just the industry it's like the clients are starting to realize that they are so different and we you know we get more compliments on on you know not even that we don't offer tattoos but that we offer so much in the piercing part you know what i mean because people aren't used to this they don't walk into a tattoo shop and see you know, 10 jewelry cases of options. They're mm-hmm. like, what, what do you mean? I only get, I, I don't get one. Like yeah. I get, I get 40. I don't get it. And they're just, it's still like so weird to them. But right now that, you know, there are more shops like this across the country and social media is such a big part of everybody's lives and people can see that, um, you know, um, now, you know, fast forward four years from what I'm talking about and people walk in here and they're like, you carry BVLA, right? And we're like, yep. And it's just like, it's not even a conversation. Like people find us because they already know yeah. what they're looking for. They know the the companies they're looking for. They know the type of um, piercer they're looking for. They're not looking for that, you know, get it all in one place sort of mentality anymore. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that for, for a piercer like yourself, who's been piercing for, you know, 20 plus years, uh, you know, I've, I've been piercing for kind of similar and it's like, it's like a completely different industry, a completely different job, a completely different reality of, you know, looking at 10 or 15 years ago when, you know, maybe you'd have 
your nice jewelry and maybe a, a few little options, but nothing like what you have today. And then, oh my God, yeah. And nothing. clients just see it as like, that's the norm now. You know, of yeah. course I want to see a hundred different gold options for my piercing. You know, I'm not going to just pick the one CZ nostril screw anymore. You know, like people come in, yeah, and they say, where's your anatomy metal? Where's your body vision? Where's this? Where's Absolutely. that? Do you carry this? And it's like, yes, I do. Take a look right well, here. Yeah, and I think it's it's great because it's like, it's not just setting apart you know, the piercing only studios from the, uh, from everything else, but it's setting apart the shops, like you were saying that do still offer both, but it's like so easy now to tell the ones that offer both that have the quality and have the, you know, the, the piercer, the real piercers and not the tattoo artist piercers who yeah. don't care. And it's, it, you know, even that is such a, it's, it's almost like there's three different types of shops now. Um, and I think that's great because it, it, I don't think it necessarily has to be totally separate, but if it's within the same business, it still should be an equal focus and it mm -hmm. should never be just this, oh, we also have this case of crap over here if you want it, Right. which is pretty much like I literally worked on the second floor of my old shop and my, my room was like the back of the second floor. I had a one drawer case in front of it and then the rest of the second floor was like tattoo stations. The first floor was tattoo stations and that was it. I literally had a corner. And then, you know, 10 years in, when I pointed out that I actually had more clients than four of them put together, if you really added up how many people I saw every day, and they laughed in my face and were like, yeah, and those are our clients, don't forget it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, a, this, this is a circular conversation that's going yeah. nowhere. Let me just shit on all your achievements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was like every time I would, I mean, you know, it's not like tooting your own horn, but it's like I bust my ass for you. I want you to acknowledge that. And every yeah. time I would try to get some of that, it was just like a you know, squishing the bug, pushing her further down, just like, don't forget you're, you're here because we want you to be here, not because anybody cares who you are or any of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, that's just not the way to treat people. But like I said, if that never happens, Black Diamond never wouldn't be here. Yeah. I would I would be partners with some shitbag right now. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so, the spirit. <laughs> for the hate fire. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, cra crazy things happen. But I, you know, I think even besides piercing, I'm the kind of person that, I have a really hard time not following my gut. I just can't fight it. Mm -hmm. And my gut told me 10 years ago to walk out of that toxic nightmare and, <laughs> and risk it all. And Good. I'm really happy that happened. Well, you know, and, and then you take, you take the risk and, and you create something for yourself, but then that generates opportunities for other people down the road. You know, you Brooke and Andy and, and whoever else is, is been coming through your studio uh, that gives them an opportunity that they might not have been able to get at just, you know, whatever ink tattoo studio. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think a, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, it, you must be so proud and, and, you know, this is everything you ever wanted. And I was like, this is a hundred times more than I ever wanted. Yeah. And that's what I always say. This is not what I expected to happen. Mm -hmm. I expected to just go to work every day and not hate my life. Maybe apprentice one person, maybe get a part-timer, you know, just just work and, and like it. And yeah. then it just took on a life of its own. It was, it was, it's amazing and it's great, but it's uh, surprising. And, and I think probably that's something you'll hear from a lot of successful business owners. Cause you can't plan to be successful. Oh yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> when, when I opened my studio, it was me and in <clears throat> one tattooer friend of mine. And now I've got five tattooers I've got another body piercer. I've got two counter staff, you know, and I have I have other piercers come through every now and then. And I never I never would have thought of that, you know. I've got Exa a two story yeah. building and all these this jewelry and I, you know twenty twenty one year old Ryan who was starting the business never would have imagined any of that. Absolutely, and it's it's I, and that's exactly probably why you're you're killing it because you just 
followed your dreams, you followed your passion, you listened to your gut, mm-hmm. and all of those things paid off because you worked your ass off. And it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so when you started, Some, uh, did, did you start with like a full on, you know, I'm going to make a business plan and I'm going to present to the bank and I'm going to do this or that? Or, or oh, yeah. was it one of those like, you know, here are my savings, I'm just going to wing it kind of thing? No, I, I, it was a really long process. Um, I, I would say exactly 10 years ago, cause it was about springtime when I started. Um, I actually first asked my old employers to allow me to expand the piercing part of the shop. Cause like I said, this, this was never my intent. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a better place to work. I wanted more jewelry to offer, you know, I just wanted more and I was willing to pay for it. So I was like, you know, would you guys be willing to take me on as a partner and let me expand the piercing side since you have no interest in doing that? Hence the five years of begging them to put money into it and they wouldn't. So that's what happened. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, what if I put money into it? What if I expand it? What if I take, you know, a part of the shop and make it more? And at first they were, they entertained it. And then they asked me for such an ungodly amount of money that I, I laughed in their face. (laughs) Uh, and that's when it, it became very clear to me that if I wanted anything except for exactly what I had, that I had to do it by myself. Yeah. Um, and then my accountant, who is another tattoo shop owner in the area, he owns uh, Body Graphics in South Windsor. I've known him since I was like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy. I kind of confided in him about like what was going on and how unhappy I was and that I tried to be a partner and blah, blah, blah. And he looked me dead in the eye and said, what is wrong with you? Why would you ever try to tie yourself to those people um, after the way they've treated you? Yeah. And I don't know why you don't think you can't do this by yourself because you can't. Like I've known you for 10 years. I, I know your business ethics. I know, I know what you want and you can do this. You just need money. And he actually gave me a personal loan. Um, for like 30 grand. (laughs) And then I cashed out my 401k. I got another bank loan. He helped me write a business plan. They matched all the money I had between him and my savings, maxed out three credit cards and, you know, just chipped away at at every cent I could possibly get into this place. That's like Uh, expert level adulting. (laughs) It was, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not really sure how that happened. I think I, I think that Rob, uh, my accountant is, He's like my dad. My my father passed away when I was pretty young. So mm-hmm. um, he, he kind of took on that role for me pretty early. And he, I think it was one of those like, well, if Rob looked me in the eye and was like, what's wrong with you? Of course you can do this. Then of course I can do this. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, why would I think otherwise? If Rob thinks I can do it, this man's been in business for 38 years. I believe him, you know? And uh, yeah, so that that's how it started. And it was insane. And I would say... I questioned my sanity at least a hundred times. I cried once a week every time I wrote a check because I had no money. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brutal. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, piercing only. It's like not like I have any other income. It was just my piercing or selling a piece of jewelry, and then I was still trying to stock the cases at the same time. So. Well, I mean, I it, it probably takes a lot of guts to to ha- open a piercing only studio ten years ago. Because now, yeah. I think people can see that it's a valid business model. But I think back then, I, there were very few piercing only studios, especially oh, in absolutely. New England. Absolutely, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I I have to say I there was some part of me that knew this is where it was going. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was just because that's what I wanted and I convinced myself that this is where it was going because that's fully possible. Um, but it just felt so right. And I kept fighting with, you know, my bosses to, to make the piercing more important because I just knew it would 
pay off and it just you know became like a, a fever i was just like no i'm doing this yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care anymore and um i mean i lived off of 200 dollars a week for three years to, wow. to make this place happen wow. and i didn't care i really didn't care but now you have you know this amazing shop with this amazing staff so i mean it, it definitely paid off so oh absolutely and you that. know like i said it's been it's been almost 10 years and I would say until we hit five years, I really didn't know if we were going to make it. And I really didn't. And that's I, probably any small business. You get to that, that you know, they, they say the five-year mark. If you're still, you know, making money in five years or if you're out of debt in five years, then you're going to succeed. Yeah. And at five years, I literally paid off my last loan like five years and four months into this business. Awesome. So I was like, all right. I'm being, I mean, we're not falling on our butts. So that, that's, that's something. But I don't think it was until about two years ago that I really – really was like, you know what? I think Black Diamond might out- outlive me. <laughs> it, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Creating <laughs> an empire. Yeah, and it's like that's such a different um such a different mentality and such a different outlook on owning a business and it's it's pretty amazing to think that I built something that could be here in 20 years or 40 years and maybe I won't even be any part of this business. Hell, I'll sure I'll be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> or and, or you know, it, on the positive yeah. side you could be on a beach somewhere having fun. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, it's 40 years from now. Maybe I'll be orbiting the Earth in a spaceship. It'll be it'll be pretty cool. It could happen. <laughs> but point being, I, 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 all I wanted was a good place to work. And now, you know, it, at, at some point it evolved into a great place for seven people to work. And now it could be a place that will just be part of this town for, you know, decades to come. And that's very satisfying for sure. That's great. So, so tell me about who's on your staff right now. Because I, I know... Brooke and I know Andy, but I don't know if I know other people on your staff if you've got seven. Yeah, so uh, basically it is myself. Uh, Brooke was my first apprentice. She started in 2010 with me. Um, Andy actually started as a receptionist two years after that, but then became uh, my apprentice a couple years after that. So she's uh, about six years in, three of them piercing. Um, Rob Gold has just joined our staff as a full-time piercer uh, officially as of two days ago, but we've been uh, talking to him for about a year about it. He's done a lot of guest spots here and they all worked out really well. So that's a big deal. That's our first uh, male employee pretty much ever other than guest spots. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as far as our counter staff, uh, Melissa Willette, um, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know her by name, but she is the, the Instagram, um, the Black Diamond Instagram, uh, Facebook, everything, all of our social media. She runs our front. She, um, the way we work because we're piercing only. Piercers do help choose jewelry with clients if they need to, mm-hmm. but for the most part, Melissa is our front end. So she, um, you know, goes over all the jewelry. She's a jewelry expert. She's amazing. Um, she's she went to school for fashion design. She's she's really good with like style and and just looking at somebody and seeing what's going to fit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a great last name. And she has a great last name. It's a it's a W though, not an L. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. And then past that, uh, it, we have part time. Um, so we actually just lost a part timer, starting a new one, and are in the process of hiring another one. So. Mm-hmm. Part-timers mostly um, because we are pretty high volume at this point. Yep. They don't show jewelry or do anything like that. But it's like the greeting, the, hey, what are you here for? Let's get your name on the list. Let's right. do a release form. Check the IDs. All the stuff that obviously still needs to get done. But it's it's very difficult for Melissa to do that and then also show jewelry. So mm-hmm. uh, we kind of do like a first intake with the part-timer. 
they get on the list. And then once Melissa gets to them on the list, she shows them jewelry. And then once the piercer is free, they then pierce them. So we got a little uh, kind of walk-in system that seems to be working pretty well. That's cool. So what's like a, what's like an average day for you? You know, so is it one piercer on at a time, or do you have more than one piercer on at a time? Um, it depends on the day. So our okay. like most shops are busiest days are the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saturday we actually have all three of us on. We have three piercing rooms here. Okay. So all all three piercers are on. Uh, until Rob started, that would have been me and Andy and Brooke. Um, but now that yeah, now that Rob's on full time, it used to be one piercer Monday through Thursday, two on Friday, three on Saturday. Okay. Now that we have another full time piercer, that allows us to do two every day Monday through Thursday, three on Friday, three on Saturday. Wow. Um, so that's pretty amazing because, uh, we were, our clients love us, but human nature is a little bit on the impatient side (laughs) and, and as I'm sure you've noticed in the last three years, very few people get one piercing. They get two, they get two in a jewelry change. They change six piercings and get a piercing. It's like the time frame has gone from 15 minutes to 40 minutes per client for Mm -hmm. some people. And also like jewelry selection is entirely different than a few years ago. It's not just like a point at the one you like. It's let's have a 10 or 15 minute conversation about jewelry. Which is exactly why Melissa, you know, has, she started as, as, you know, kind of what the part-timers do and mm-hmm. very very quickly we realized how much we needed more than that and she stepped up really quickly and really amazingly um she came in with a lot of knowledge already because she just loves jewelry and you know she knew about stones she knows about cuts she knows about settings none of that had to be taught to her which was unbelievably helpful mm-hmm. um and then again because of her background she's really um it's very natural for her to style people. Yeah. Um, so I really lucked out, obviously, with that. But that's, you know, if we didn't have that, I mean, forget it. The, the wait would be an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> it was, right. It's just, it's just uh, I've seen Melissa spend 45 minutes with somebody on one bead for a nostril. Mm. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the good and the bad of having so much to choose from. Um, I think I might actually start. (laughs) Yeah, I I might actually kind of start scaling my selection back at this point a little bit because I I think people just get that deer in the headlights look where it's just like I can't even I don't even know where to start sometimes you know. Yeah, well, and I I, that's that's definitely a cause for concern. Um, I I feel like for us we're we're moving just more towards just stocking more gold because it's just become kind of what we've been known for and our gold sales are as often as our titanium almost mm-hmm. at this point. Um, you know, mostly the, the more basic styles and stuff, but really a lot of people are not afraid to just get what they want instead of just being like, well, I'll just start with this. And then maybe it's, it doesn't seem to be as much of a concern anymore. Right. So, um, I think if anything, I might get rid of some titanium, uh, mm-hmm. to make room for more gold, if anything. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get rid of a whole bunch of those like neo metal and anatomical colors that just, you know, who needs, a dozen different options in sizes and styles for peridot and orange and yellow. And it's like, it's it's just, it's too much. Yeah. uh, It's yeah. That's the thing is like, you know, at this point I'm, I still have room to, to put more. Um, cause uh, you know, I changed my displays up. I got a lot of those like Derek Ian little, um, kind of pyramid stuff. So it really frees up a lot of room in the case cause Mm -hmm. they're not flat anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think once I get to the point where I have to like choose, that's 100% the same thing I'm going to end up doing. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough though. Cause we, we also, we do so many kids lobes here. I mean, mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and that is the one thing cause they almost always get the titanium and man, when you show them two trays of like all the rainbows of opals and, and the rainbows of gem colors, their little eyeballs light up so bright. And they're just like, <gasps> I can have any <laughs> of them. 
and it's kind of adorable. So. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- those might stay, but yeah, like the 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 plain stuff and the I don't know, definitely getting away from that. And then you know for gold, I definitely we we noticed like there's like five opal colors that sell well. I'm not gonna buy all 50 opal colors and gold settings. It's yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> so what are what are some of your more popular colors lately? For me, like the lavender opal has been oh, crazy yeah. bananas up here. Absolutely. Lavender opal, the light pink opal, white opal for the cabs, mm-hmm. and then obviously white forever. But we sell a ton of champagne. Yeah. I credit that to being out of white so often that we had just really pushed the champagne really hard yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Or frosty mint for the same. Like, it, you know, whenever we run out of CZ... We we sell frosty mint and champagne all day long because mm-hmm. they're like the most you know subtle colors. Yeah. But um. But that's again that I feel like that's a huge Melissa thing. She's so good at being like, oh, but you wear gold rings, girl. You get that champagne. And in in my mind, I'm like, yeah, and we're out of white, so like you gotta get. Some- <laughs> but, <laughs> it's your only but, option. But it's not, you gotta get. Yeah. It. But but it never even gets to that point because she just sells it so well and she she means it if she says it. She's not gonna lie. But mm-hmm. like she she's just so good at being like, oh well, no, you know. Champagne all day. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that color specifically, but I'd say the majority of times when when people look in my case and point, they point at the champagne and they say, oh, I want the clear. Yeah. But they think it's clear for some reason, even though it's like, you know, next to the clear. Anyway. I actually, I love that as a quote unquote clear stone for Mm -hmm. anybody with like an olive skin tone because white is very harsh on olive skin. It's it's almost like not pretty. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you drop that one, one tone down and it still almost looks white on them. But it's so much softer on their skin. And, and and like we always say, you know, when people wear gold and they don't want to spend money on gold, that stone looks so great next to gold pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. Sense. So what Good about uh, what about other other stuff? Like what's your what's your most popular gold color? Um, I have to say that switches a lot yeah. from, from our ordering. Um, last year, rose gold forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last seven, eight months, we run out of yellow gold like nobody's business. So. Wow. I'm not sure why that is. Hmm. <laughs> white gold is always very popular too, though, because we we stock a um, you know we don't stock simple stuff in white gold. We we mostly just go for the stuff with a lot of texture and things you can't get in titanium. Yeah, and we definitely have a big clientele for that. But as far as the warm tones, yellow is, is seems to be winning that battle pretty hmm. hard. <laughs> I've had more people inquiring about yellow, but you know I, I'm still I'm I'm still very heavily skewed towards rose gold. And yep. uh, people are still loving it, but yeah, I think I should probably start diversifying into a little bit more yellow gold for the for the spring and the summer. Yeah, and I think it depends on what it is. Like some of the stuff we stock in yellow gold, it's just what sells so much better because the warm stones in the yellow gold just oh, they're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime I get something with like honey topaz in a yellow gold setting, forget it; it's out of the case in like a week. Hmm. Um, and it's especially in the warm weather, people seem to just really love the, I guess, the warmth of it or something. Yeah. Well, you know, it's important to stay up on on seasonal trends. You know, you don't want to just have the same jewelry year round. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's you know, same for like BVLA. We stock a ton of BVLA, but they have like oh my god, thousands of designs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't stock them all. I'm not yeah. going to stock them all. Right. So what I try to do is like I'll get you know twenty of one design. You know, maybe six six white, six rose, six yellow, bunch of CZs, but mix up the other stones, and then when we sell out or close to, then I don't get that design again for like six months. I'll get something else. Okay. That's maybe a similar size or like feel to it, but it's a different design. And that, cause I don't want people to get sick of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's very baller though. You know, like, Oh, I'll just take 20 of that, of that style. And... <laughs> 
Well, the funny thing is, like, I remember the days of choosing groceries over over Neo Metal Post. Like, yeah. I I still so vividly remember that. I, I it it almost haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, the big risks are the ones that have always paid off here. And and you know, one of those big risks was starting to carry gold here. I didn't carry gold other than you know. Like most people, I had one little tiny tray of it, you know, eight years ago, mm-hmm. which moved to a shelf, which became a whole case, five displays yeah. on a shape, which became a case, which now has become we don't have a gold case. We have a BVLA case. And then okay. the rest of the gold is with the titanium. And like my brain melts every time I think every time we have to do something like that. I'm like, are we real? Do we really have this much jewelry? Yeah. <laughs> is this really my life? But that's awesome, it's, though. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's great. And um. I think a lot of that is, is I'm single. I'm not, you know, I don't have kids. I don't, I have a house now, but I didn't buy a house until I was 40. You know, I, I put every cent I could back into this place and into getting staff and into the jewelry much more than myself. Like I lived in a one bedroom apartment with my dog for like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's why, cause it, it was, I knew it was like, if I take more than I need now, I'm going to screw this business up Yeah. and I don't need it. I, you know, and now it's like, I live a block away from work. My, my mortgage is really super affordable. I, again, I, I have, I have fur babies. I don't have the human kind. <laughs> so my life is very predictable as far as what I need to live on. And I still just pay myself what I need to live on. I, Cause I don't see the point in, in taking more of that because the business is my future, not my savings account. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I take what I need to live on and everything else just goes right back into black diamond. Yeah. That's something that I would probably really want to emphasize. And maybe there should even be like a round table or a, a class on that, or at least a point article sometime. But, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of younger people in this industry, you know, tattooers especially, but you know, body piercers too, they tend to just blow through all oh, their extra yeah. money. You know, it's like, I'm going to order everything in the world off of Amazon and I'm going to, I'm going to go out to a, a club or a bar every night, or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And it's like, yeah, we know that you have a lot of sneakers or you have every, <laughs> every pop figure in the world, but you know, invest in your future, you know, don't just right. blow it all on your present, you know, because five years down the road, do you want to still be in that one bedroom apartment? No, you know, exactly. like, do you still want to be having to work six or seven days a week because you can't afford other staff, you know, all that stuff, like invest in yourself and invest in your future for sure. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, at this point it's like, it's easy to do because black diamond is so much more than me now. Like, yeah, it was only me for a a giant chunk of time and it all fell on my shoulders. But now it's like, this is the livelihood of six or seven people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, it's so much bigger than just me and and my future. It's all, it's our future. Yeah. It's it's nuts. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds intense, you know, and I'm, I'm in a similar situation where I think I have to, I think I have to get another another piercer soon or at least start training someone for, yeah. you know, maybe having them trained up in a year or two. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you no, know, that just grows and grows and grows. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so happy to have Rob on staff because I, I literally got to the point where, like, I, you know, we were talking about, like, we need another piercer. We really do because I, I have a really bad shoulder. So me and full-time piercing, is, those days are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Brooke and Andy were just, like, drowning. And I'm like, I know, I know. Like, I don't know what to do. It's Connecticut. How the hell do you get someone to relocate to West Hartford, Connecticut? Like, and, you know, and, until a few years ago, I feel like maybe not even enough people really knew who we were. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I'm so over the moon that we found, uh, a piercer of Rob's caliber that I, you know, 
because the other alternative was another apprenticeship. And I was like, I don't think I have it in me. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think I have it in my soul to, to, you know, I mean, apprenticing someone, it's like you are tied to them. Yeah. That's a huge investment in time. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. And, you know, and also a kudos to Rob for stepping into a homegrown shop and being like, cool, I'm here. Let's do this. Because mm-hmm. I trained every other person here. And that's got to be a weird, you know, like. Well, yeah, didn't train me, <laughs> didn't teach me anything, in fact. Um, and that was weird for me, too. You know, I, I, I technically, I guess, trained everybody else that works here. Did and, you have uh, like a like a control freak kind of moment? Because I feel like I would if somebody oh, came in. I mean, we're piercers. We're all a little bit control freaky somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that was hard to let go. But I think I've already started to let go of so much of that in the past five years because I had to. I can't, you know. You know how it is. You, you think you can do it all, and for a certain amount of time, you can do it all. And then you get to the point where, like, oh, fuck, I really can't yeah. do it all. Like, yeah. I need someone else. And that's, you know, that's Brooke, that's Andy, that's Melissa. The, the four of us have been together for so long, because um, Melissa's almost four years now. So the four of us have worked together for four years, and then Brooke and I have been together eight years. So it's like she can practically finish my sentences at this point. I trust them implicitly. I could walk away from this place for 10 days straight and not worry about it for a second yeah so great. it's uh yeah it's they're 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 amazing and uh and i'm very happy that rob is one of them now they they all get along so well <laughs> so uh to, to bring up what i would consider to be a, a hilarious subject but some people might not um and i again i do not want to bring up any sort of specifics if we get to anything talking about maybe a negative but I do remember a couple instances where you where you, you put it out there and saying, you know, Black Diamond is hiring and we would we would certainly like to, to keep it an all female staff and I remember you getting some negative feedback from that. That is such a diplomatic way to put that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I got my asshole chewed out for that one. Yeah. But um, you know, I a hundred percent understand the you know, hearing something like that and being like, whoa, what the fuck? Because, you know, there are so many great male piercers in the industry. Yeah. I was really very still kind of stuck on, like, the reasons I opened the type of shop I opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, honestly, because we 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 didn't have somebody to hire and we had so many guest piercers for a couple years and, you know, I'd say 50% of them were men, um, it wasn't as jarring as I expected it to be. Right. And uh, some of them, you know, it's not that it was drawing. It definitely was like, well, you're definitely not going to work here full time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was still like nowhere near what I, I had, you know, in my head, because I feel like in my head, I just had exactly what my old shop was like kind yeah, of feel. And right. I was so scared of that. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, you know, and then like Brian Moeller probably was one of the first uh, guys that came through and our clients loved him. And he's, you know, he's super soft spoken. He's a really nice, dude. It was an easy transition. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got some female piercers through here that were great also, and maybe not even as, as comfortable with mm-hmm. our clients. So I was like, I was, you know, it started to kind of open my, my eyes a little bit. So maybe times are changing a little bit and it's not so much about that as it is about the personalities in here and the, you know, the, how we all work together and how our clients like people. And that's pretty much how I ended up offering the job to Rob because he, he's done a lot of guest spots here over the last, last couple of years. I mm-hmm. think uh, almost, I think this last one was the sixth one. Wow. Um, and our clients not only love him, but we, every time he's here, we get a five-star review that names him specifically every that's time. Great. 
so it, it just made me think like, Georgie, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> 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 Offer this kid a job already. Your clients love him. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and, and, you know, if you know Rob at all, he's similar. He's, he's soft spoken. He's very gentle. He's, he's, he's got a kind face. He's not an intimidating person. Um, so I think that was the thing that I was looking for more than the female or male thing. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think know, it's necessarily gender. It's like, it's the oh, vibe, yeah, yeah. you know, you gotta have the right vibe. <sighs> Absolutely. But you know, again, it's like my entire experience with working with men in this industry was a negative one mm-hmm. until two years ago. So mm-hmm. I think I had to recognize that that was my own shit and yeah. not like the real way it was. Yeah. And thankfully I did. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, no, and, and, you know, again, times change, because back when I opened, there was not a single other female piercer in Connecticut. Now yeah. there's, like, four other ones that don't even work here. So mm. it's like, okay, well, cool. It's, like, a moot point now. Well, you know, it all comes from from good leadership. You know, you created an environment where people can see you as, as equals or even maybe superior to, you know, in, in certain aspects. And I, I think that changes a lot of minds. You know, when clients have the opportunity to go into a studio where they feel comfortable, you know, whether or not it's male or female or, or whoever behind the counter, uh, they can feel comfortable. And creating that space really just changes a lot of people's perspective for like what body piercing is and what the industry is. And, you know, that's, that's, that's great that you got to make that kind of an impact on your area. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, I'm, I'm happy that I, I recognized that it was one and not the other. And, mm-hmm. and you're right. It's, it's the leadership. It's, the, the thing I was worried about was silly because he wasn't working or they're not working at where I used to work. They're working here. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and we had a, a long run of, of, of building exactly, you know, me being da- daily hands on and building exactly what I wanted to project. And, and now it's like, it just does that all the time, whether I'm part of it or not. Yeah. And um, you have the irony of going through all that, that shit storm where people were, were like getting on you about, you know, being selected for your staff. And then you still ended up just hiring a dude. <laughs> yep. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Total. Uh, well, if my life is nothing, it's not ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where do you see, uh, the future of the studio? Is it just kind of grow organically or do you, do you think like, do you feel like it was, uh, uh, the right decision to not start a studio with tattooing? Are you, open to adding tattooing in the future or do you feel like you know you you know your business model and it's it's really firmly piercing only yeah i would say for the future of black diamond i don't see tattoos being part of it mm-hmm. um i obviously love tattoos i'm covered in them if working in a tattoo shop or with tattoo artists does change the vibe though whether they're great tattoo artists or not is not even the issue it's just yeah. different yeah. um it's honestly it's little things like the constant background noise of tattoo machines mm-hmm. it changes everything um and I think that, you know, the reason this place is as successful as it is, is because of my focus. And I think that I would just want to continue kind of just doing what we're doing. Um, I'm in the process of actually buying the building from my landlord, which is really exciting. Um, and that will allow us to expand our waiting room finally, because we were able to add that third piercing room, uh, two years ago, which we really needed, but mm-hmm. the waiting room is so small <laughs> and we get very backed up and it gets very claustrophobic in here. So I'm really looking forward to blowing through the rest of it, taking over the rest of the first floor. Then I'm going to be a landlord, which is kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, there's uh there's uh apartments upstairs. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's income though, you know? Um, yeah. I I own the building that I'm in too. And I was just, you know, I was fortunate enough with the layout where all the tattooing is upstairs. So it's basically like they have their own shop upstairs and it's completely, 
It's completely separate. You know, we share yep. the lobby for people that are waiting, but that's about it. You know, so it's yeah. See, that's fantastic, and that yeah. I think would make a big difference as far as like the two things being together for sure. Because yeah. I think uh, Piercing Emporium is the same way. I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, or maybe they just all very, have private rooms. Yeah, you offer both, but you offer two unique experiences. They're not just mashed right. together. I think that's where it gets a little bit uncomfortable for some people because. Tattoo clients need something different than, in right. my opinion, what piercing clients need. Oh, piercing definitely. Clients tattoo need clients need like hours of that. entertainment and yeah. like distractions because they're there for four or five hours mm-hmm. or eight or whatever. Piercing clients need to be calm yeah, right. <laughs> and chill. And that's what I mean about the noise because like my old shop, everything was all in the same everything. So yeah. you couldn't get away from that noise and it, you could see it putting people on edge. It's oh, just yeah. like totally. – or, you know, the the dick jokes while they're getting tattooed 10 <laughs> feet away <laughs> for another shining example of 1990s tattoo shop life, yeah. you know, or like uh, <laughs> or, you know, the 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 borderline sexual harassment comments just flying out of mouths while you walk by the stairs. You're like, this or is not so even borderline. Right. And I don't. Yeah, we're not. We're just blatant. And yeah. you're just like, I don't even know what to say because yep. I'm standing with a client and I can't even like give you shit for that right now. I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. How many walk, women. Why? How many women have said the exact same thing to me? Like, you know, I I do love what I do, but, you know, I wish I could do it in a different environment because oh, yeah. this, that, and whatever. And, I, you know, I, I know that there's – I know that there's a societal factor where men think that they can just say and do whatever they want, you know. And, and when I was younger, I was definitely in that category, you know. And as I've gotten older and I've really started to pay more attention to everyone around me and not just myself, I realized that it's like, you know – clientele alone but you know i have female staff members and they don't want to hear that stuff while they're at work absolutely not and honestly like i'm one of those girls that as a teenager or maybe a 20 something you would definitely have called me one of the boys i Mm -hmm. didn't you know i wasn't super girly i was a total tomboy i hung out with all dudes i curse a lot i still curse a lot it doesn't mean i want you to comment on my tits every five seconds right it really it's really not the same thing right (laughs) and one of my bosses was actually homosexual and he was the worst one. I mean, he was <laughs> terrible. He commented on my body once, twice, three times a day. Really? I mean, in very inappropriate ways. And not necessarily like, I want to do things to your body, right. but to just be sassy. talking about it. Yeah, just like, you know, oh, damn girl, look, looking for some good tips in that tank top today. You know, just shit like that. And uh, it's like, that's so inappropriate. Yeah. You're yeah. a 40-year-old man, and I'm a 19-year-old girl, and you should not be talking to me like that. <laughs> I, I'm baffled that there haven't been more like lawsuits over uh, harassment, discrimination, things like that when, when it comes to working Honestly, in a studio. Honestly, I'm not because I will I will guarantee it's the same reason I never said a damn word because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep my job and it is a very hard industry to just pick up a new job in. Yeah. And that's why that happens. People suffer in silence. I suffered in silence for 11 years because there was nowhere else to work and yeah. it took me that long to figure out how to do this. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I was like, Every time I wanted to say something back, my brain would go, shut the fuck up, Georgie. You love what you do. And I was, shut the fuck up. And I would just <laughs> take it. And it's just funny that I gained 75 pounds working there. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I try to – now I try to step back and realize – you know, a couple of years ago, people would have been like, oh, check your privilege. I would have been like, well, yeah, fuck. You know, you're, you're – what are you what are you kidding me, you know? But now I look at it as like, yeah, I'm a, a straight white man in America. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> how many more advantages could one person possibly have in life, you know? Yeah. And, well, uh, and same. Like, as far as like I'm a woman, but I'm also a white woman. Like, I'm, I'm not going to have it nearly as – I grew up in a great place. I've never had, you know, to really suffer that much. 
and I still am so frustrated with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't. Even I mean, imagine, it seems like, entirely justifiable. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It is, and it's it's you know it's so much more than just the industry; it's the whole world. But we just have one of those industries that it's not like we have HR departments. It's not mm-hmm. like we had some corporate structure to follow, or you know, it's like a bunch of freaks hanging out in a tattoo shop, figuring out their lives, and then all of a sudden that's your job, and nobody knew how to act, and they're all acting like they're just hanging out with their friends. And right. It's like fast forward fifteen years and shit. That's an industry now, and this is how we act. This is horrible. <laughs> Well, I think you know there. There's still always going to be that category of studio in the in, in the industry, you know, oh, for, yeah. for, for better or worse. But you know, I think a lot of the high-end tattoo studios, not all, but you know, some of them, they realize the same things that high-end body piercers are realizing. Like we need to create an environment for the clientele, but also the staff, where everybody feels comfortable, everybody feels respected, and and people can just work. You know, like that's. That's what a successful business is. You have people that want to work and you have clients that want to pay you to work, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, and and that, that I was saying <clears throat> earlier, I agree. So it's like I feel like the three types of shops are, you know, like what you have where it's 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 very, you know, owned by a piercer, piercing focus, but and you know, but you have tattoos, the tattooers are great, but everything's separate and everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the vibe. Then there's the piercing only thing. And then there's the you know, it's like the time has never passed mm-hmm. shops where it's still 1991 and everything is exactly how it was back then. Yeah. And obviously then there's your great all tattoo studios that don't offer piercing that are a complete different, you mm-hmm. know, universe. But, but yeah. And, and around here it's, it really is, you know, there's, there's a little bit of everything. Um, but there's still a lot of that, that old style kind of mush it all together. Who cares? It's a tattoo shop. Well, I, I think uh, I think those shops are going to have to realize they're probably going to have to learn the lesson the hard way that you know they have to evolve with society and and with the industry. Otherwise, they're going to be left behind. You know, if if tattooers want to do eighty dollar, hundred dollar tattoos for the rest of their life on clients who don't come back and don't care, then sure, right. you can do that. You can make a living doing that, but you're not really going to be super successful. You know, like you you yeah. really have to realize. The, the kind of people that are walking through your door don't want to hear dick and tit jokes. They don't want to hear metal blasting. They don't want to, you know, deal with a, a, a tattooer who's like stoned or, or drunk or, or whatever, you know, like they, they want to go to a place and they, they feel like they're at their hair salon or their nail salon or whatever store where people can go in and be serviced by professionals, you know, and I think the people who catch on to that vibe are going to be way more successful, way faster. And, and it definitely sounds like you're, you're one of those people. Thank you. And, and yeah, and I, I think that you, that's exactly what it is. It, you have to treat this like any other business. Mm-hmm. It's a cool business. It's a really cool product that we sell, but it's still a business. And it, if it, if if you don't have that professionalism there, people are not going to want to give you money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if they do, it's not going to be more than twenty five dollars because right. they're feeling like that's what this is worth. Mm-hmm. And I think, although of course we get people that come in here and think we're too expensive and leave because there are other shops that kind of do the whole like all inclusive, forty bucks for whatever you want type of stuff. You know, not far from here, but most people come here because they know what we offer before they get here. Yeah, and you know, the, the price shoppers get fewer and fewer. And those are the people that we want here. And that I always say too, I almost don't want those old school shops to go away. I want somewhere 
for the people that refuse to pay more than $20 for a piercing to go because I don't want those clients. Right. Well, it's good contrast too. You know, like I, I, I get those same people that come in and they're like, are you kidding me? You're, you're quoting me 200 bucks for this. I can get it done here for 40 bucks. And I'm like, that's okay. You can, you can go there. And then those are the people that come back after two weeks and they're like, I should have listened. You know, yeah, exactly. I need you to fix or, my yeah, piercing. For us it's like the, oh, you're, cause our piercing fee is like 35 bucks for most things. And then, yeah, same you know, me. jewelry starts at whatever. So, you know, all they're hearing is 35 cause the shop about a mile from us is, is $40, including joy for whatever you want, like mm-hmm. whatever piercing it is. And, um, you know, so the price is a little bit close. So somebody, came in oh i thought it was 35 we explained it whatever it was like two days ago so with the jewelry she picked it was 75 and she was like well that's a ripoff and and you know it was one of those like well i'm sorry that you don't think your face is worth more than 20 dollars, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we do so but it's you know it's not even worth getting upset about you're just like all right cool yeah have a nice day i used to but bend half over the time backwards they get upset. for those people oh god well, yeah. the first three years, sir, because, you know, again, choosing between neo-metal posts and food was kind of stressful. Yeah. I probably probably would have made, well, I get five dollars But, like, it's not it's not year one. It's not year two. It's it's a business. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not your buddy. <laughs> well, it's, it's the <laughs> We're same here thing. to pay, you know, I have employees that have lives. And yeah. Paychecks. And, you know, it's like, come on. If you compare it to food, you know, like if somebody walks into a really nice restaurant and they, they look at the menu and, and then they say, well, you know, I can I can go to McDonald's and I can get it. You know, it. I don't think people in that restaurant are, are going to talk until they're blue in the face being like, this is not. aged beef and this is this and that. They're just yeah, like, well, they're gonna OK, say, cool, go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And it's like now I don't I don't bend over backwards for those clients anymore. You know, if they Absolutely. if they care about learning the difference, sure, I'll talk to them all day about what sterilizers and what jewelry mill certs and blah, 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 you know, but if they just look at me like I'm just some person trying to rip them off, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, you know, have a good day, you know, and I'll say it with a smile on my face, I'm not going to be like, oh, oh, you know, how are you offended Yeah, of me? course, because, yeah, because, and, and honestly, in all likelihood, what's going to happen is you're going to say, okay, have a nice day, and they're going to leave, and they're going to go to the shitty place, and then they're going to realize what you cost more, and then they're going to come back because you weren't a dick about it. Maybe. You know, some some clients just don't care, you know, and I I, yeah. I, 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 I always see people that have, like, oh, my God, how did you heal that? Piercings, you know, like, bad jewelry, bad placement, but it's like, oh, I've had it for five years, and it's like, well, you know, not everybody's going to die because they, they, they get a piercing, right. so now I don't look at it as, like, this huge imperative. Like I realize that I offer a service for a certain kind of clientele. If somebody else walks through my door, they might not feel compatible with it. And that's their, that's their right as a consumer, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh, absolutely. But I'm going to, I'm going to always try my hardest to make sure that the people who are the right fit for me are going to be happy. And you know, those are the people that I, I tailor my entire business to at this point. And I'm, I'm unapologetic for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, um, you know, same, same mentality. It's, I, you know, I want to offer the best. And if you want the best, this is where you should come. Mm-hmm. If you don't give a crap, then this is probably not your shop. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I, mean, um, every, I just get mad strokes. when people like, yeah, exactly. Different strokes, different lives, whatever, you know, different priorities. Um, but I don't, again, I don't, I don't want that client. So I, I kind of want those shops to stay around because everybody's got a different outlook on that. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't need to sit here and argue with you over, $30 because we're the only shop anywhere near you now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's not that. I don't want that to be my life either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and you know, and the same for like, as you asked before about as far as the future, like it's the same reason I don't really want a second shop. Cause people ask me all the time if I'm going to open another one. Um, Cause there are, you know, there are parts of the state that 
we have a lot of clients from that there really isn't anything mm-hmm. um, as far as like what we offer. Um, but it's the same same thing to me about offering too many services. Like I don't I don't know that I would be this successful or that Black Diamond would be this special if there was more than one or if it's a chain all of a sudden becomes like a different thing you know what i mean yeah and and i I don't think i could recreate this if i tried even if i did it i don't know that it would be this because it's a different town it's a different everything yeah you know i i'm sure there i'm sure that there would be income in it but i'm the same way like people have asked me numerous times oh when are you going to open a second shop it's like oh god never i hope you know like yeah exactly i I, I pour so much of myself into this place that you know i can't i can't do this at more than one location exactly and even for me where i've taken such a large step back from the clients at this point but it's not because I don't have anything to do. I mm-hmm. mean, Christ, you have to plan your jewelry orders three months in advance at this point. I write jewelry orders every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I email them or not is a different issue. But I'm, I'm looking through the cases and looking through backstock literally four times a week. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that un- until this madness <laughs> progress <laughs> itself, which it probably never will. Um, probably not. No, but that's the thing is like it's it's become a different thing. And I could not even wrap my brain around trying to do this for more than one place. Oh yeah. my Lord. Absolutely not. I feel like that's when the quality would start to slip and it's just like, I don't want that life. <laughs> so I have an idea. So I'm in New Hampshire, you're in Connecticut. Yeah. So how about we'll open a shop called precision diamond somewhere in Massachusetts <laughs> and then we Into can share it. the headaches. <laughs> that's perfect. Cause then we have two entire staffs that we could pull from. See, nailed it. <laughs> Perfection. <laughs> All right, so I, I have to call an end to it because I got to go to work. And are oh yeah, you, you're working today too. Yeah, I'm doing. A, I'm filling in for Melissa. So I'm working front today. Yeah, I'm covering for Evan. I'm I'm about to leave for like two weeks on on like personal holiday, like not work stuff. Finally, and nice. uh, I'm forcing Evan to take a day off before he covers some of my shifts next week. I would say that is a good plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. So uh, for the people listening, um, where's your studio again? What's your social media? Absolutely. So uh, Black Diamond Body Piercing, 149 Park Road in West Hartford, Connecticut. And you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Black Diamond CT. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for taking some time to talk to me and uh, tell the staff I say hi. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Georgie. It was really cool to, to hear, uh, you know, how you created success, you know, and I, I'm sure that can help out some people in the future, inspire the next generation of body piercers coming up. Uh, today, uh, I've just got some office stuff, you know, still kind of catching up on my trip. Yesterday, I made such a ridiculous amount of jewelry orders. You know, when I when I started piercing, um, you know, maybe like 250, 300 bucks worth of jewelry in a month, you know, like it, it was, it was really easy to maintain. And now, you know, I think just yesterday I placed like $7,000 worth of jewelry orders. And it's like, that's just insane. Like the scale that, uh, that I just have to do to, to maintain the studio. So yesterday I did a full anatometal order, a body vision order, a neometal order and an intrinsic order, you know, and uh, I, I can't even do just like one huge order and wait for it to come in, you know, with the wait times that, that companies have, I have to stack all these orders, you know? So I think, um, you know, what's one month worth of jewelry. And then I have to order that once a month, you know, it used to be, I'd make a big order. I'd wait for it to come in. I'd put it all out, you know, after a week or two of, of selling some of like the, the most popular stuff, then I put together another order. And that was kind of my, my groove, you know, now it's like, uh, first or 15th of every month, you know, work on like a giant order and get that stuff in because, you know, it might not be showing up for two or three months. So, you know, you need to be able to plan and 
man, it's just getting really difficult to, to manage all that stuff. So it's going, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those like good problems, I guess you could say is like, you know, oh, poor me, I have to like order and sell like a ton of jewelry. Uh, it's just, you know, it's not what I expected, you know, 15 or, or 20 years ago when I, when I started doing this stuff. Uh, and, and who knows where I'll be in another five or, or 10 years, you know, who knows? I don't even want to think about it because my hair is going to start falling out. But uh, thanks for listening to the show. And uh, I'll hopefully be back next week if I can get somebody else to talk to me. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.